Good morning, Brian family. And good morning to Brian family remote who are watching online. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we are in this uh, series where uh, just called Foundations. And what we're wanting to do is give you some tools for discipleship that you can kind of put in the tool belt and be able to use um, in your own discipleship, but also as you help others take steps closer to Christ. Uh, my own discipleship, uh, well, it probably began a long time ago, really, really long time ago, but uh, it really had some gasoline poured on the fire. With this, with this uh, relationship that was formed, I don't know, 17, 18 years ago, uh, between me and this guy named Todd Boston. So Todd Boston right now is in Hale, Michigan. Uh, he's a pastor of a church up there, and he's probably preaching right now, which is kind of cool. Uh, I met him on the assembly line in Arlington, Texas. I worked on one side of the assembly line, Todd worked on the other side of the assembly line, and uh, I noticed that every time the line went down or he had two seconds, he, was, he had his Bible sitting off on his station, and he'd run over and he'd read the Bible, and he'd get back to work, and he'd read the Bible and get back to work, and, uh, and he would notice that uh, often I was talking to people around me about the Lord. So, so obviously we began a conversation, which ended up leading to Todd discipling me, uh, for, for about a year and a half. And, and I like to say that period of my life was like spiritual steroids. Uh, Todd knows the Word of God really well. And he made it his, uh, his job to make sure I would know it as well. So we spent a lot of time on, on learning the Word of God, and, and, he, and he put a high value on that, which was very helpful to me as well. Uh, he taught me, among other things, uh, something called inductive Bible study methods. A lot of you are familiar with that. But basically, it's just really digging deep into scriptures and really knowing what the Bible says, what did the original authors uh, intend for the original hearers to hear, right? Kind of understanding the cultural context, but also understanding what the application would be for us here today. It was, it was an incredibly important part of my spiritual formation, and it continues to be so. Uh, friends, it might seem like a well-duh question or, or a statement if I were to say, the scriptures, the holy scriptures of God... Um, and somebody's phone's amening this, by the way, just so you know. The Holy Scriptures of God are, are essential in our discipleship process. This is where you say, well, duh. The problem is, not everybody actually believes that, unfortunately. I, I recently was in a meeting with a couple of pastors who actually argued that you can, you can have discipleship outside of Scripture just as long as the Holy Spirit leads you to all truth. Well, it's true that the Holy Spirit will lead us to all truth. It is not true that we can have discipleship outside of the Scriptures. What are we going to compare what we're learning to? We absolutely must have the Word of God in our discipleship. This has to be center and central to what we're doing and teaching. Why? Well, the Word of God. The Word of God, first of all, is alive. Listen to Hebrews 4.12. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The Word of God gives us direction in our lives. Psalm 119, 105, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Outside of the Word of God, we are simply stumbling through the darkness of life. The Word of God is the truth. The, the, the truth, John 17, 17. Sanctify them in the truth. 
Your word is truth. Friends, there is truth and truth can be known. And the word is the truth. The word of God is eternal. It is not going anywhere. Isaiah 40 uh, verse 8, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God will stand forever. The word of God will be here forever. And the word of God is just that. It is the very words of God. Second Peter 1 21, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. We have the Word of God. It is the authoritative uh, uh, Word of truth that we can, we can hang our lives on. And we should. So our discipleship process must include the centrality of the Word of God if we are going to grow and become more like Christ. We absolutely can't have discipleship outside of the Word of God. We're going to pray and then we're going to get to our text this morning, 2 Timothy 3, and we're going to be in verses 10 through 17. So if you have your Bibles with you, uh, I just invite you to turn there right now, 2 Peter, or I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for thank you for Todd. Thank you for Pastor Todd Boston and how you uh, brought him into my life, into my family's life, and, and taught me the value of your word. God, as he's preaching this morning, I pray a special blessing on, 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 on his, his preaching and, and his congregation there in Hale, Michigan. And I just pray that as we open your word, God, that your spirit will cause us to take a step closer to you. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Can you guys look up and smile for a second? You guys kind of like, it's like it's 90 degrees outside and you're like, it's air conditioned in here and I'm just going to melt into my chair. Don't do that. I'm up here alone, people. Come on, stay with me. All right. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me in Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which, uh, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus." All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So what do we have here in this text? We have the final letter that the Apostle Paul is writing to his beloved disciple Timothy. And uh, we're getting towards the end of his final letter. So but the Apostle Paul, what he says here to his beloved disciple Timothy is super important, obviously, for Paul to get into Timothy's head. And he wants him to really fully understand what he's about to say. So what is he saying here? Let's break it down. Basically, he, he begins by reminding Timothy of the faithfulness of God. He reminds Timothy of the faithfulness of God. And he moves on to talk about the perils of following God. And then he goes on to the value of the Word of God, the sacred writings, the Scriptures, and then the transformative power of the Word. And we're going to talk about, a little bit about all of these or most of these here, uh, in, our, in our sermon this morning. First of all, is this. We need the Word of God 
Because following the Lord is a perilous activity. It could put us in danger. 2 Timothy 2, again, what does he say here in verses 12 and, I'm sorry, 3. 2 Timothy 3, 12 and 13. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Most of us, if you're in this room, if you tuned in online, most of us would say that, that we are interested in living a godly life in Christ Jesus. Well, what Paul says, what's going to happen when we're interested in that and we're seeking to live a godly life in Christ Jesus is we will face persecution. He doesn't say you'll likely face persecution. He doesn't say that it's possible that persecution will happen. He says you will face persecution. He says, stand up, young Timothy, because you will be persecuted. Or I'm sorry, study up, young Timothy, because you will be persecuted. It's going to happen. And you better be ready. He continues by saying, evil will continue to increase. Have you noticed, by the way, just in the last generation or two, how evil has increased in our society and in the church? I'll tell you guys, I, honestly, like, you know, I'm feeling like I'm that old guy now, back in my day, right? Back 10 years ago, you know, it, you can see how much the evil is increasing in our world. We can see how many impostures there are that, that Paul's telling his young disciple to look out for. We can see that there's a growing number of impostures in our world. They're evil just in the last couple of generations. Think about what has changed. You know, I'm not saying nothing good has happened in the last couple generations. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is evil is increasing. Just in the last generation or two, killing unborn children has become legal. We celebrate. We don't just allow. We celebrate as a society same-sex marriage and attraction. We're in the middle of a month called Pride Month where you can't get on social media and look at any business without seeing a rainbow stolen from Scripture to promote same-sex attraction. The Bible is clear on these issues, friends. We live in a world that all of a sudden, it's not okay, but celebrated to be transgender. We have libraries bringing in transgender men dressed like women to teach little kids and, and read them stories. It's unbelievable to me what has happened in our world. Just five or ten years ago, it was called gender dysphoria and it was a mental health issue. Now it's celebrated and given people, transgender people are giving positions of power in our government. A mental issue, a known mental issue, we now celebrate. We have a media that lies to us. You can pick your channel to pick what lie you want to be told. Which one is more appealing? We live in a country now that, remember by the way this thing, uh, September 11th in 2001, did anybody remember that day? We live in a world now where we're celebrating Islam. That not, it's okay, they're just a little bit different than us. We should celebrate them. And it's the same people celebrating them who would stand up for women's rights, supposedly. Well, guess what? In the Islamic world, killing women and children is normative. There's cowardly attacks on people and not on governments. But for some reason, it's okay. They're just different. We live in a world where we cannot trust the people in government. They're full of greed and lies. 
We live in a world where freedoms are regularly being stripped away. We live in a world where what is good is now called bad, and what is bad is now called good. Even in the supposed Christian church in the United States of America, we have mainline denominations ordaining transgender bishops, ordaining homosexual pastors. We have churches all through urban areas, uh, urban areas preaching this prosperity doctrine to people who so desperately want to get ahead in life, giving them this false carrot that if only you have more faith, you will have more money. And the only person prospering in that church is the pastor. We have this teaching of a so-called social gospel. Friends, if they call it anything other than the gospel, just look the other way. We have regularly Christian leaders falling into sin. Why? Because evil is increasing. There are impostors. There are people being deceived and deceiving others. And it's growing and it's coming faster and we can see it everywhere. It's right in front of us. Paul says to Timothy, young Timothy, people will be deceived and will deceive others. Please don't take my passion in this and these subjects that I brought up as hatred for the people who are, who are living in this evil. Friends, these are people who are being deceived and they are going to hell and the church is sitting on her hands watching it. Why? Because we don't want to offend somebody. The Word of God is an offense to those who don't have a relationship with Christ. It was to you, maybe it is right now. I make no apologies for it. It's not my word. It's His word. We can't sit on our hands any longer. We need to stand on the truth of the Word of God as it's becoming more unpopular by the day to do so. And I believe in my lifetime will likely be illegal for me to do. As we are seeing around the world. People will be deceived and will deceive others. Let's take a look at social media for a moment. We live in a time where there's, there's more information readily available to the average person than ever before in the, in the history of humanity, yet people are being fooled at a faster and higher rate more than ever before in the history of humanity. That's the world we're living in. And friends, if we don't know the Word of God, how will we stand on the truth of the Word of God when we're faced by all this deception? When we're faced with all of the impostors? What then is a Christian to do? Well, we must continue to follow the truth, but we must know the truth in order to be able to follow it. 2 Timothy 3.14-15 and 15, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. We need to continue to follow the truth. It's becoming more and more unpopular to do so, isn't it? But we must continue to follow the truth. Friends, your children and your grandchildren are watching. Are you standing on the truth of the Word of God? Or are you being swayed by what's happening in our world. Paul says, young Timothy, stand firm in what you know to be true. Because you are going to be tested. You are going to be tested, Timothy. And in our context, we remember what he promises Timothy. That evil will continue to increase. So as much as Timothy faced, it, uh, faced tested, 
faced testing, we are going to continue to face testing in our own lives. Paul says you have been acquainted with the sacred writings from your youth. Friends, Berean Baptist Church, many of you, you know God's Word, and that's a good thing. Continue. Continue in it. God's Word, after all, these sacred writings will make you wise for salvation. Paul says, Timothy, keep your faith in Christ Jesus. Keep your faith in Christ Jesus. As we mature in God's Word, our faith in Christ will continue to grow. You don't buy the lies of the enemy when you are consumed with the truth of God's Word. I'm going to say that again. You won't buy the lies of the enemy when you are consumed with the truth of God's Word. Guys, we have no excuse for not knowing God's Word. We have it written in about 3,000 translations or, or in, in English. There, there's no excuse to not find one, pick it up, and read it. Many of us, you have cars where you can go plug in or just go Bluetooth on your speaker and you can have a free downloaded Bible app read to you Scriptures as you drive. And I've seen some of you drive. You probably need to do that more often. It's available to us. And while it's available, I'm afraid in America we're taking it for granted. The availability of the very words of God. Where in places like China, people might have one page tore out that is precious to them. That they will make sure nothing ever happens to it. That they will memorize and they'll read it day in and day out. Why? Because it's changing their lives. Here we are with access to it all the time and we don't take advantage of it like we should. We live in a world filled with lies, with deceit. We live in a world where good is called bad and bad is called good. And we're being fooled so easily because we don't know the truth of the Word of God that's so available for, to us today. We must change. We must continue to follow the truth. And if we're going to continue to follow the truth, we must know the truth. After all, you won't buy the lies of the enemy when you are consumed with the truth of God's Word. Final point is this. Let God's Word continue to transform you. Young Timothy, let God's Word continue to transform you. Listen, chapter 3, 16 and 17. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. It says all Scripture is breathed out by God. It is personal, it is trustworthy, and it will change you. It is personal, it is trustworthy, and it will change you. How will it change you? He continues, this is what it will provide. First of all, reproof. Uh, elegmos is the, is the Greek word. Elegmos, and that means conviction. You ever read your Bible and experienced some conviction? Man, all the time. Correction, which is, uh, it means improvement or restoration. Training in righteousness. By the way, this is ongoing. It's not enough to say, you know what, I read the Bible 20 years ago, I'm good. No, it's a living Word of God that we need to be interacting with regularly throughout our lives as it provides training in righteousness. And it, it will create a complete person. Uh, artios is the word. Capable or proficient is what that means. Capable of knowing the truth. Proficient with the Word and the inter interpretation and understanding of it. Why is this important? 
Why is it so important that we know the truth of God? It's so that we will be equipped for every good work. It's one thing to know God's Word. It's another thing to have it change you and you to be equipped for every good work that we put it to use. James 1, 22-25 But be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For anyone, if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Friends, this is why I say and I believe that depth isn't found in the presentation, it's found in the application. What are we doing with the Word of God? You know, we, we could go to all of the Bible classes. We, we, could, we could memorize Scripture and we should do those things, okay? We should do those things. But what's the product of that? Are we simply hearers of the Word of God or is it transforming us and are we doers of the Word of God? Because woe unto us if we know God's Word and we aren't doers of it. The world is evil and it's increasing in evil. And the world needs the truth. And the church is the carriers of that truth found in the Holy Scriptures of God. Be doers of the truth, not just hearers. Brian has a history of hearing God's Word. And that's very good. We have very knowledgeable people here. But we also have a history of, of doing God's Word at this church. And before you think again that I'm bragging about this, I've only been here for a year. So when I talk about you know, a history of Brian, it's really myself excluded, so hopefully I can live into that as well. But Brian has a reputation of being hearers and doers of God's Word. Um, I'm going to take the last like 10 minutes of our time together from the pulpit uh, by bringing up a couple of guys who, who, who you know well if you've been around here for a while. And before I do, I just want to throw a caveat out here. Uh, both of these guys are vocational uh, in ministry, missionaries, right? Uh, being a doer of God's Word does not necessarily mean you have to go into this full-time and draw a paycheck from it, right? In fact, 99% of Christians, or probably even more than that, should be doers of God's Word, even if they don't do it vocationally. That being said, we have a couple of guys who, who as of hearing God's Word, wanted to be doers of God's Word, and in this case, called, God was calling them into vocational ministry. So would you welcome to the stage with me uh, Dave Connell and Steve Storkel. Wow, those guys look young. Yeah, no, no you're not. <laughs> So I wanted you guys to come up here for a couple of reasons. One, there's an opportunity, right? So Steve, you're in town from Florida. Uh, Dave, we have you. We'll find out here for a minute in a minute like how much longer we've got you around here. But there's an opportunity I wanted to make sure we took full advantage of. But it also it fits here. Uh, we, we've chatted already. Obviously, we've already had a, a service. But um, as you guys have kind of been called into ministry or stepping out into vocational ministry, you know, the Word of God, uh, the truth in the Word of God has, has played obviously a, a huge role in all of that so i want to talk to you about that first but then before we close and have another song of worship at the end i want to hear kind of what's going on practically in your lives and ministry so brian knows how uh to be praying for you so uh, dave i want to start with you 
and uh, just ask you this question. How has God's word influenced your own discipleship? So thank you. Thank you. Also, just thank you to everybody. Um, you know, my whole life of being discipled myself and then having the opportunity to go out and disciple others is largely because of the people in this room and this, this church. So, so first of all, thank you for that. As I think about discipling um, in my life, uh, three things kind of come to mind. Um, uh, one is discipleship is the, the Word of God explains what a disciple is. And so for us to be able to become a disciple and be a disciple, uh, it starts with understanding what one is. And the Word of God tells us that. It shares that with us so we can learn from the Word of God to know what a disciple is. It's a refuge, you know, in, in my journey. You know, our, our, our family went into very deep waters in 2012. We kind of crashed, and, and it became a refuge for us to hold on, to hang on, and to learn firsthand that, that we can have a rock to hold on to. You know, everybody goes through storms. Everybody, everybody goes through storms, and God is a rock. So it's a refuge. The Word of God is a refuge as we go through the discipling process. And the last thing is... It, the Word of God challenges us in, in our journey. Uh, for, for, for us, as we are beginning to feel this pull of God asking us to go, uh, to move out of the business world and into uh, the mission world, if you will, He laid on our heart scripture that says, Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. And so we had to wrestle with, okay, this is what the Word is saying. What does it mean to deny myself? What does it mean to carry my cross? What does it mean to follow Jesus? And so the Word of God also, in my journey, helped challenge me to go and be a disciple. Yeah, thanks. Now, now you're, I mean, obviously you're still a disciple and learning from the Word of God, but how, how are you utilizing God's Word and discipleship in your ministry? I think one of the biggest things, so I serve in Latin America, uh, across Latin America, and, and we, we want to leverage Bible study, discovery Bible study type of, of, of activities, and, and one of the things you see across Latin America is, is and even everywhere, is you know, there's different, uh, people have different opinions of what, uh, what life is like. They have different opinions of philosophy and, and what is Christianity and within Christianity, what does it really mean? We can always go back and say, well, what does the Word of God say? It's a true north. It's a compass. And so always being able to bring that back uh, allows us, to the Word of God, uh, allows us to ensure we're on the right path. You know, one other thing that struck me as you were, you were, you were preaching here was last, last, week, last week I had an opportunity to spend about three hours uh, with a, a young man who considers himself transgender and, and uh, he's battling depression and considering suicide. And, and the thing is, you can go back to the Word of God, and sh I was able to share with him, right, that, that the Creator of all things created you. He created you just the way He wanted you. And He created you, He said, that you are beautiful, you are wonderfully made just the way He created you. And that, and that he loves you. And be able to share the basics of who his creator is. And that he has a purpose and a plan for his life. And that he loves you. And in the song we sang, right, hope has a name. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. 
And that's found here. And so to be able to disciple, you can always point back to the Word of God. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Steve, I'm a little scared to ask you anything. You've got a Bible, a book, and a phone. This could go anywhere. I'm well, ready to go. All right. So how, how is the Word used in your life and your discipleship? Yeah, um, first of all, just good morning, and it's good to be back. Is that what uh, I asked you? I'm just kidding. Uh, we love you, appreciate you, and thank you for your prayers. Uh, that's so important to us. Um, just that I've been blessed over the years and looking back and thinking through this question. And just uh, uh, I was born and raised in a Christian home and with godly uh, grandparents and, and a godly dad who uh, taught me the word and uh, used God's word as a buffer in my life. And, uh, you know, for those of you who are grandparents and parents, uh, keep going strong, okay, because you are the first line. And just uh, teaching and training your kids in God's word, and uh, and almost uh, instilling through God's word the fear of God. And I know there was times I didn't sin because I was scared because they put the fear of God in me, and and I knew God's word. And then when I was in my teenage years, I was blessed with uh, three men that God put in my life as uh, a youth pastor and two youth leaders who uh, who regularly spoke words into my life. And uh, sometimes hit me on the long side of the head with God's word, but uh, just kept me in line. And uh, I look back and go, that was my discipleship. And uh, I didn't even know I was being discipled, but men who love me and uh, who I look up to. And I say, boy, I, I want my family to be like that. And I say, share that for the youth leaders. I know there's youth leaders here that have been going for, for 15 years. And just what you're doing is discipleship and sharing God's word and uh, guiding people through children's ministry and youth ministry. And so I was blessed in just being able to be raised that way. And I think we have a church of people that are being, their children are being blessed as being raised with godly truths all the way around them. That's good, man. How, how are you using now and your discipling ministries? How, do you, how are you using the Word of God? Yeah, my, my role right now is working uh, primarily in, in Haiti. Uh, Cuba is closed still due to COVID. And uh, so I go on a monthly basis to Haiti. Uh, my responsibility is to teach the Timothy Initiative, uh, which is taken from 2 Timothy 2.2. And that's a very biblical principle of uh, teaching others who teach others who teach others. And not your ideas, but God's Word. And so we're in a process. We have um, about 65 pastors who have over 300 Timothys. And those Timothys have led over 600 people come to the Lord and are doing discovery Bible studies with them. And so the goal is just to say, not here's my ideas of how you should live, but here's what God says. And let's walk through a discovery Bible study from Genesis, working through God's Word that way. And so uh, that's our foundation. And we find that in Haiti, we're trying to correct things, traditions, and, and all sorts of crazy things are going on in the church because we've strayed from God's Word. So that's why we have that training program. Thanks, man. So tell us, give us, a, give us an update. You're here in town. What's going on in ministry and life? Yeah, uh, my wife and I, were, we're back. We're just uh, making some rounds and touching base with people. Uh, the big news, I didn't share it the, the first service because she was sitting here. My daughter, Sarah, finally got married, and it was a miracle. <laughs> and so, no, we're so thrilled. Uh, it's been a long time. Uh, for her and those of you who are You know close. this is online, right? Uh, she, <laughs> she's too busy. But uh, anyway, so Sarah just got married April 25th, and we're thrilled about that. And a godly man, uh, don't know really how good he is. He's a worship pastor. Don't know what's, yeah. it's like questionable. But uh, so we're thrilled about that. 
I'm glad ours is on vacation today. <laughs> it's a good thing. Uh, but, uh, but he's a godly man, and we're thankful. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, we're, we're living in Florida, and uh, Becky is working, taking care of senior adults, and just trying to share Jesus Christ that way. And uh, I travel right now just to Haiti once a month uh, on a regular basis, and, uh, and just training pastors who train pastors. And uh, God has given me the opportunity to develop some really cool relationships, to see the power of God work. And uh, we're enjoying the ride. Um, the pastor teased me, teased me earlier how wonderful Florida is. If you want to move to Florida, good luck. It is almost like the last place we'd like to live. So if you say uh, North Carolina, yeah, I'll serve yeah, you're God say, there. You're saying that in, in June. Let's that's talk true. That's January. true. Let's, let's talk in January. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, we're, we're enjoying it. Uh, God's using us. And uh, we're overwhelmed to be God's tool that he could use to make a difference in the world. So tell us prayer requests. How can we be praying for you guys? Um, a few prayer requests. Uh, we live in a housing development uh, called Highland Meadows, and, uh, and our goal is to share Jesus Christ versus missionaries into that plan. And so we'd appreciate prayers for open doors. Um, it is very, very different than here. Uh, in Ohio, people are outside doing things. In Florida, people don't leave their homes. And so just trying to make relationships, to be able to share the gospel. And uh, it's a, a very open-minded uh, environment. All my neighbors live with their other other sides, other you know their spouses or not spouses, but the girlfriends. And uh, so, just pray that we'd be a good witness that way. Uh, as we go to Haiti, we're in the midst of being able to take our new believers and our Timothys and begin a two-year Bible study program with them and trying to decide who's in the program, who's not in the program, and who's ready for it is what we're going to be doing in the next few months. And uh, we appreciate your prayers for wisdom on that. That's hard because you're dealing with people's lives and uh, in their futures. And uh, we just want to be faithful to entrust God's word and train people who will be faithful servants for him. So we appreciate your prayers that way. Yeah, thank you. Dave, what's going on with you, uh, your ministry, life? Yeah. Um, update. Yeah, just to, to re recalibrate a little bit. Uh, so my vision, our vision uh, with Converge is we are asking God for a gospel movement among every least-reached people group in our generation. You know, so we want to see the gospel go to places in the world that haven't received it. We want to see gospel movements, disciples being made in places where they aren't today. So that's the focus of it. And uh, another dynamic that we see is 60% uh, of the unreached peoples in the world, uh, they... The Americans are not welcome due to political reasons, geopolitical reasons, various issues and baggage. Uh, they view us as threats. However, the same does not exist, the same dynamic does not exist for Latin Americans. And so we want to, instead of us going to some of these very difficult places and unreached peoples, we want to equip and train and enable and send out Latin Americans. And so that is, that is the role of, of our ministry. And so, so the way we're doing that, a couple things. One, we want to help Latin American leaders understand, understand the Word of God, understand what this is all about, you know, teaching them about what is the gospel. You know, it's amazing how, how many different opinions you get on that, actually. So what is the gospel? Not just the gospel of did Jesus come and die on a cross. The gospel of the kingdom. You know, Jesus came, he said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. Matthew 24, when it says that, you know, 
the, the preaching of the kingdom of God, the gospel of the kingdom of God, the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom of God must go out to all people groups, all nations, all ethne, and then the end will come. So what is that kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom of God? So helping them understand depth and how do you church, how do you establish a church? What does that mean? What does it mean to engage a community? What does it mean to be a disciple? So you equip them with understanding uh, of God's word in those, in those areas. Then we also want to teach them, um, uh, well, first of all, so how are we doing that? How are we helping them with understanding? We're partnering with a, an organization called the Bonhoeffer Project. And we're engaging with that, and that sets up kind of a, a, a cohort type of approach. And they kind of have three different uh, sessions. There's a six-week a six session, kind of a short cycle, a 12-week session, which is a longer than, and then and an extended 10-month program. So depending on how deep do we go on the different levels and where their areas of interest are focused, and we'll help them through that. But then we also want to teach them not to just understand these things and the word, but then, as you were saying, to go and do it. So we're partnering with another organization called World Missions and Evangelism that have seen a lot of success of taking that and, and, and taking it into different places, including unreached peoples. And it's starting to establish uh, churches and disciple-making uh, movements in various different places. So the uh, collaborative approach is the, the approach we're taking, understanding, and then going and doing and helping uh, local leaders do that. So it's not just me. You know, I'm one person that can kind of do as much as I can. But what we want to do and what I'm working towards doing is establishing teams, uh, missionaries across the region, uh, from Brazil to Argentina to, to Colombia to Central America, working on building up teams uh, who will bring this type of training uh, to, 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 uh, to the local leaders. Currently, I've got a guy in, in Mexico, uh, Please pray for him. He's going through a lot of serious autoimmune issues, so please keep him in your prayers. His name is Tim. Um, Mexico, we have another couple that has, has committed to joining the team. They're going through fundraising right now. They're going to be in northern Brazil along the Amazon River. We're also talking to about three others in Brazil. We're getting a lot of momentum uh, in Brazil, uh, so that's been a very big encouragement for us. We also know they have another commitment uh, from a guy. He's He's... He's from Chile, but he uh, uh, is going to cover Colombia, maybe Chile also, um, and his wife's from Colombia as well. So they're going to cover some territory for us, um, and we're working to find others um, in, in Caribbean and uh, various other places. So, so as far as area of prayer goes, um, that is one of the big ones. The, the, the Lord just continues to raise up uh, new, new missionaries, new uh, team members uh, that will work with work with me uh, on that effort. Uh, also, also we are, we are um, getting ready to reposition, and we're going to reposition down by Pastor Steve, actually. So tomorrow morning, tomorrow morning, uh, we've already packed up, so tomorrow morning we actually head out, and we're going to uh, reposition in Florida. It's just a lot easier to travel. I travel a lot across Latin America countries and engaging people there, so it's just it's, it's, a, lot, it's a lot better to be there. So, so tomorrow morning, keep us in your prayers. As the kids again transition, it's hard on them. You know, my kids have been, you know, Will's kind of been through four different schooling situations in a couple of years, and now we're, you know, we're going to another one. So, so please pray for our transition. Pray for my kids, our family, uh, as well as, as as growing missionary team members. Thanks. Thank you. I want to pray. I'm going to invite the band to come out. 
and we're going to pray, and then we'll have one more song of worship. Thanks for sharing, guys. Appreciate that. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the, the Connells and the Storkels and so many other people here at Berean who have not just heard your word, but have gone on to continue to do your word. God, that's my prayer for all of us, that we would know your word, so that we would be able to determine what is right, what is wrong, what is truth, and what is, what is a lie of the enemy. And, and that we would not just, again, know it, but we would do your word. That we would be, uh, as the Bible says, equipped for every good work. That we'd be doing those good works. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.